0: For many months, Wednesdays have been the Best Ball Bros show here on Spike Week. But the season is coming. 2022 NFL is fast approaching. And we're going to dive into a new show. Episode 1 of the Draft IQ show where we're going to dive into some of the subjects that don't get enough airtime. Right, We're doing draft streams all the time. We are doing some strategy talk. But the, the things about Best Ball with our exposures, our portfolios, how much of every player that we're drafting, player combinations, stacks, all these different things are wildly important. And we decided, hey, let's dedicate one specific show every single week to covering those kinds of subjects. And that's what we're going to start doing today, going through some player combinations of my own specific exposure and maybe some of yours, and we'll see kind of where that conversation goes. Let's have a little bit of fun Draft IQ show episode one. And I already screwed up. I already screwed up. I already screwed up. Now let's get into it. Happy Wednesday, Jake. Cheers. Cheers. Hopefully everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. It is chaos in the NFL streets. If you are a member of the Discord, you are probably uh, assuredly aware that we are in the middle of fantasy football chaos. If you are not a part of the Discord, I highly recommend it. Um, Basically, every news item that drops, there becomes some discussion around it, whether it's Good, bad, indifferent. There's no level of um. There's no there's no space in the entire industry with the level of analysis analysis and discussion that goes on. Like goes on in the Spike Week Discord. Uh, sometimes it is it is uh some of the best discussion you'll ever see. Sometimes uh, we get really down into the weeds. Um, sometimes maybe over some some silly things. But that's kind of where we're at in the, at this point in the off season with camp starting. I mean i i was I was actually talking to my wife about this. i'm I'm sure that she doesn't care, but i I feel like we say these kinds of things like every year, like, oh, this year feels different about various subjects. but this year with with f- fantasy football obviously feels different. best ball feels different. This space is absolutely insane. However, It's not just the fact that like best ball has exploded and fantasy football is more popular than ever, et cetera. It really does feel like I think my guess is that it's because of kind of those those pandemic years that were like kind of, you know, getting further removed from the heart of the pandemic that I don't know, man. (laughs) I felt like uh, uh, Rob said it on last night's show with Karain. Saying, you know, we're off and running day one of camp, and like I feel like just from being on Twitter, I don't even follow the people. Just from being on Twitter, I feel like I saw every snap of the Jaguars practice. It's like, it's like I knew every touchdown that got scored in seven on seven of Jags practice. I knew, you know, who was cheer. Visca took a end around for a touchdown, and like I knew who was on even on the sidelines cheering for him, like. The the amount of information that we're getting is like next level. Now, um, then that's good and bad. We're getting um, fantasy randoms and fantasy uh, content creators at practices tweeting out conflicting reports about who is the who's playing with the ones for in the Patriots backfield. We're getting all sorts of different information much more in my opinion at least so far than i can ever remember and so um i'm pretty hyped for this specific show because i think we're gonna have so much time to analyze and typically overanalyze a lot of the news that we're gonna get and the reports and all of that but at the end of the day the big thing that always comes back to me um at this time of the year is Like, most of this stuff, even the, even the, what seemed to be, what, a lot of the things that might seem to be fairly big, Ramondre, um, Damian Harris thing, whatever, even the things that might seem to be big, a lot of them generally don't change the true, like, bet that we're making on players and the probabilities and stuff. We're fairly good at understanding, like, who's going to get some reps in camp. That's why they're. That's why players are getting drafted where they are. Like it's not like we go into camp and and Damian like Damian Harris was ever gonna like n- be with the threes or whatever. Like that's just not ever gonna happen. And so these little things seem really big at the time, and the market will make big, really big reactions. But why I want to have shows like this is to kind of a we can we can use that to apply to start to talk about how to manage our exposure moving forward right i feel like this is the perfect time to kick off a show talking about exposures and those things because we still have time to rectify you know depending upon how many drafts you've done i mean there's uh, there's tons of tournaments for you to draft and even if you've been some sicko that's maxed a tournament already but there's ways for us to totally, right? What I've only done, and I've done like a hundred and something. Uh, you know, I'm closing in on being done with the $5 millimaker on DraftKings, which you will see in a little bit. But I, I actually have, I'm not even close to half in Best Ball Mania 3. Not intentionally. That's just kind of how it happened. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about kind of why specifically that happened for me. But I have a ton of time to change, rectify, whatever, like my strategy in May when Best Ball Media opened is going to naturally be different than like when we start this conversation today and we start looking through the player exposures and stuff, I have time to change, right? If I have 40% of some player, I have time to never draft them again, or I have time to continue drafting them or there's players I have 0% of that I have time to draft a bunch more of. And we're right in this time, I think where uh, we can really start to, like analyze our portfolios. Like up until this point, there's been like really not a a lot of new information. We kind of have had the takes that we've had. And I actually feel like it's a little bit of a mistake. If you were like overly diversifying so far, because we haven't had any new information. If you were actively diversifying off the best players and they, and they then rise, you didn't really get the amount of that player you probably wanted. And now they rose and you're gonna miss out on the best value of that player, all because you were initially overly diversifying. And so we'll get into we'll get into all of those different things. If you have questions, comments, player combinations you want to see, player combinations you want to talk about, that's what we're about. That's what we're gonna get into here. Let me go ahead and share my screen, and we will just start diving in and kind of see where that conversation um, leads. If you are not uh, a subscriber. To spike week to get access to draft iq it is just it is just 25 24.98 25 per month 200 per year if you would like to opt for the annual and you can get access to all this that we're going to see here plus the plus the um overlays if you've been watching any of the draft streams the overlays to be able to customize kind of your whether you want to see exposure you know week 17 16 matchups all sorts of different things Combi- you can see some of the combination exposures as well within the overlay that all of that comes with the $25 subscription and so um, i will pull up draft IQ i do think i forgot to up i did a draft just a little while ago a BBM that i forgot to uh, upload i think but you guys are going to get a uh, a look at me literally figuring out some of my exposures and stuff on the fly too. I waited until this show to really start to, to dive into um, some of this. So let's look at underdog first, uh, really quick. First, as you can see here, it defaults to, to best, to best ball mania. Um, I've done 52 drafts. I think, I guess I, like I, I, I think I might've done Tuesday actually. Um, I'm going to send, I'm going to send my lineups really fast just because uh just because I can, um, and maybe while we're doing the show, this will update because i th- I think I did two today. So I think this is fifty four. but but, as you see, I've done not even half of my BBM drafts. And part of that was my my total intent, if we, you know, if I had it perfectly, was I was gonna do the typical barbell bullshit that everybody talks about. I'm gonna do half my drafts early kind of before training camp, then let the training camp news roll in and then do my other half a little bit later. The problem for me became with underdogs specifically is that the most advantageous drafts were kind of like almost in those first couple days, week of best ball mania three. And ADP shifted so fast with so many thousands of sharp drafters piling in to those early best ball mania um threes that I like couldn't other than a couple of players that I really, really wanted to to target that I that I did some drafts, um, I decided personally that having MVS a guy who I love, uh, as probably most of you guys know, Trey Lance, as you guys know, seeing those guys go from the hundreds down into the seventies or eighties. I feel like, you know, I had lost a little bit of that buying opportunity, uh, you know, among some other players. Saquon Barkley was a big one um, for me. Those kinds of guys had risen fairly quickly. And I didn't want to dive in just to dive in because they're supposedly this barbell. If, the, bar, if the, the ADP and the information doesn't dictate that, you know, you need to dive in and, and draft, given that, that tournament, I didn't want to force it. And so I've been focusing a little bit more on DraftKings for the last little bit. And I, I have jumped back into to BBM um, here kind of like super, super lately because we're getting some wild fluctuations with the Julio stuff and, and those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> um, we, we, I don't, I, I don't think I've gotten um, 62% of the top. Well, I've gotten 62% total of the top five players as you see here. Um, these top these top five, top five players. Um, part of that is obviously getting really, really lucky and having the Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase fall out of, I think Jefferson, it was originally Jefferson. I'm wondering what you guys ha- have experienced with this. It was originally Jefferson uh, that was the guy who would fall a little bit for me. And now Jefferson has totally solidified himself even above Chase. And now you'll get Chase that falls outside of the top five. A little bit. So haven't gotten uh haven't gotten uh uh sixty two percent of the the top five, but probably pretty close fifty percent or so, which is about you know about what you what you would expect. This is a really funny question. Uh I don't hate Stefan Diggs and uh as you see here only only six percent Stefan Diggs. That's not intentional at all. It's just that as you see here. I have, I've gotten, as Jake said, I've gotten a good clip of the top five. Maybe I've run, I've run a little pure on exactly how much of the top five that I I've gotten. And then, and I pretty much just take, as you see, I'm actually a little light CMC mostly because my general strategy is uh, as you guys again, as you guys probably know, I'm why I'm, I'm, I'm a little more wide receiver heavy. And so Unless I get one or two, I pretty much don't take JT or CMC. And I am taking JT 101 because it's my only opportunity to get him. So like this 12% is when I get 101. I, don't, I mean, I guess there's maybe a time. I guess you see here my average ADP is 1.67. So I have gotten JT at two before or maybe three. But generally speaking, because I can only get JT at one, I take him at one. That's my um, kind of portfolio assessment. I don't, my personal stance is I don't really want to take some super hard stance, like 0% against any of these guys. I do lean a little bit more to the three wide receivers, but I'm not going to be so, because I am taking them at a little higher clip, I'm also not going to be so stubborn. Um, personally. But everybody has a different approach, but that's my general approach. So you just kind of see, okay, once JT fell, I do actually remember this now, I think JT fell to three, three or even four to me one time, and I took him there. The rest of the time I take him when I get the 101. CMC, it just ends up like, you you see I have average ADP here of 3.33, so I've gotten him outside of number two, but then other than that, I, I take cup Jefferson Chase. And so Diggs falls into this weird range where we'll look at DraftKings in a second just to compare this specific question. I think I have a bunch of stuff on Diggs on DraftKings because his ADP is a little lower. It's only a couple of picks, right? But I'm able to get him and I mix. And I, I got so much Kelsey early in on in DraftKings that I end up kind of mixing and matching with Kelsey and Diggs in the first round. And so those guys are very clearly – I mean, you see here with the, the rankings, right? this is sorted by the Spike Week rankings. And Stefan Diggs is seventh overall, which is a little bit, you know, a pick ahead of his ADP. It's just kind of how my picks have worked out. I don't really hate Devonte Adams. I have him eighth overall, but it just has worked out that I'm basically getting all of these guys every, every, every single, every single time. And then I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of the turn, right? I get a, <laughs> it's funny. I get, I get a little bit of, uh of the turn picks. You know, so it's kind of this, I'll get the 11 or 12 or the top five, um, obviously a little bit of six-ish here where you see, uh, you know, Kelsey at 17%, Diggs at 6%. And then I'll get a little bit of the turn here. So you see some Seedy, Debo, um, 4% Najee, 2% Eckler, trying to look here. This is a these are hundred percent auto drafts because I'm not trying to draft Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon, no Dalvin. But like I got a little splash of some you know unique combinations from the turn, with the CDs, Debo's, maybe a little bit of Evans, um, those kinds of guys, maybe T, etc. So that's kind of my general approach, and I feel pretty good about it. That's why when people talk about, um. Again, the diversification thing. When people talk about like their early round diversification, it's like I I, I have a more distinct strategy for the early rounds and my early picks. Probably, and I'm and I'm taking bigger stands. Probably, like some people would never like. I'm not actually. In, I mean, Devontae is my eighth overall player, and I just don't have any not, Just. That's another thing you, when you start to really dive into your exposure and stuff, and again, which we'll get, we'll get to the player combinations. When you start to dive into that, it's like, I don't hate Devonte Adams. I have him eighth overall and his ADP is 11th. It's just how it's worked out with how I'm also higher on Kelsey and Diggs than the market. And I obviously prioritize the top five, but there's only a little small area where I end up getting Devante. And then sometimes I have opted for, to do like a, you know, a weird start and so if you if you force overforce diversification right off the bat you're like you're just basically like well okay i don't have you know this i'm just going to take this guy this time and then the next guy next time i'm going to make sure i don't want to get over 15% of that player right oh i got 17% kelsey i got to i got to pause a little bit it's like i i i am more willing to take stands and i am actively trying to take stands relative to most people and look, it's 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 pretty. F- I mean, there's there's you know there's a couple zero percent guys, but twelve percent, six percent, seventeen percent, seventeen percent, ten, seventeen, right? I mean, I have twenty one Saquon, but that's because he's my ninth overall player, and he go he he used to go in the third round, so of course I'm a little bit higher on him. I, I've taken Naji just a couple times. I've taken Eckler just a couple times, right? Even like D- I, I really like Devo. I really like Javante. I don't have crazy exposure to those guys because the draft just plays out in such a way you know now i do have a little bit more T, but out of all the top 30 guys or whatever i have 23 percent t and like nobody else all that high right and then as we move down is when you start to get into some of these bigger numbers right gabe obviously um some players that i'm specific that, that i specifically have as as undervalued um you know i still have gabe 32nd overall and he goes at pick 44 but so those guys will naturally uh have you know a little bit more of an overweight position. But that's that's not a player combination thing like we kind of kicked off of, but talking about talking through like exposure and strategy and stuff, it's like I feel really good about this through the through the first little over a third of my BBM teams. Like I'm I'm taking a lot more of a heavy wide receiver approach, and yet still I'm pretty diverse amongst the top whatever amount of players. And so if you just took some and and then again we're going to get into the combinations once you start diving into those combinations you see the things that you're missing really quickly and easily. And that's where when you start to force diversification you end up you end up being diverse from a individual player exposure percentage, right? I have 10% of everybody or 15% of everybody, but you're not Diverse in the combinations of players that you have. And so you think you're diversifying, but actually, all you're really doing is creating probably a lot of the same pairings of players and removing other pairings of players, right? It's like in DFS, I said, I'm going to play 10% of everybody in DFS, but all of my Saquon DFS teams had Javante on them, and all of my uh, JT teams had T. Higgins on them. It's like you're actually not diverse at all, (laughs) it's the opposite. But we need to look at, you know, so that's why that's the point of this show, right? Well, let's look at those types of things and start to figure out um, how we can apply that. You're going to watch me learn lessons in real time because, like I said, I I haven't looked at this um, in the last like few days. So you're going to see me start to uh, start to learn like in real time. I'll I'll probably end up with some god awful. Like facial expressions or memes or whatever, because be like, oh shit, I don't have this combination of players or whatever. Um, so let's let's jump. You brought up the digs, and uh, uh, yeah, I it's not it wasn't uh, it's not hate. It is it is funny though, isn't it? Like just through sheer randomness, like Jake brought up, like I'm probably running a little hot on the top picks, the top five guys. Which shout out to the best ball gods. That's nice. And I have Devonte above market. I just am not getting him, <laughs> you know, and not through. It's not through intent. It's not like I'm I have fifty percent Travis Kelsey. I have seventeen. I don't have any more than seventeen percent of my top seven guys. I just don't get Devontae. you know. And it's a weird quirk that can happen. Um, to that point, that's something I'm going to try to probably rectify a little bit, obviously, uh, moving forward. But. I'm also not going to force stuff. That's the other thing with the diversification stuff. It's like, I'm not forcing. If, if it doesn't like, you don't just like go out of your way to draft a way in which when you're drafting, you think it's not the best route. Right? Like, Oh, you know, I, my process says that Travis Kelsey is a better pick than Devonte Adams, but because I have less of Devonte Adams, I'm going to take the worst pick. When I get the chance, that's not how I personally, you know, there, there becomes a point when some of that does matter a little bit, but like, I'm not going to force things. Certainly not now. Like I said, I've only done 52 teams when we get later on in the summer. And I want to mix in some Devante. We can do it. Um, Great question. GA says, are you ever going to take them? Like, uh, like myself and Peter Overzet's team for people that don't know uh, Pete and I finished eighth, I believe in Best Ball Mania 2 last year, so not a, not a big win. We're not the champs, but we had a pretty fun sweat in Best Ball Mania 2 last year. We drafted um, a team from the 102 late in the summer. Everyone hated it. It was inc- it was, it was by, it almost, almost. Obviously, I would have preferred, you know, like a Darrington, Trey Lance team for the brand. But almost the perfect team to to do really well. It was a zero running back team. Our first running back was actually Raheem Mostert in the eighth round, who had two carries for 20 yards in the first quarter of the first game and got hurt and never, came, never came back for the season. And we only drafted six running backs. So we, we basically didn't have our first running back in a zero running back team. And we finished eighth in BBM. The team totally crushed. And Devonte Adams, if you remember last year, was going quite late. You know, you could get him sometimes at the two, three turn very early in the summer because Aaron Rodgers um, was talking about retiring, and so the Packers ADP was very low. Rodgers obviously returned, and Devonte Adams became a you know mid to late, uh, late first round pick we still decided to take Devante at the one Oh two and give ourselves a little bit of a different structure to, to that team, right? A unique combination, a unique start, whatever to what we probably knew would be a zero running back team and, um, drafted a zero running back team with Devonte Adams. Uh, I believe it was Keenan Allen, CD lamb and Kyle Pitts was our start. And, uh, just happened to kind of hit the nuts on the zero. We had James Connor. Even though we had Raheem Mostert, we had James Conner, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, um, Madison. I can't remember. I can't remember the whole team. But the team did really well. And GA's, to GA's question, are you ever going to do what we did with taking a guy that's you know a late first-round pick or something like that and taking him at the top? It's a great question. Because last year, I think it was pretty different. I think you can make a f- pretty clear case there was a, a top two. And I think you could actually make a really clear case there was just a top one with CMC. And after that, it was kind of a little bit more close. You could Devontae Adams, Terry Kill, Travis Kelsey, whatever. Um, there was actually quite a while where I was just taking Travis Kelsey third overall. I would take... CMC and Dalvin won two, but I think last year was a little bit different. I, I'm personally not trying to get um, cute around those top five guys. Cause I really do believe that top five of JT, CMC, cup, Jefferson and chase are like in such a kind of almost like a different tier. It's maybe like the biggest tier gap, one of the biggest tier gaps that exist in the whole uh, draft environment. And so I'm, I'm not personally going to deviate away from them. At the top, but what I will do is something similar to this premise, but maybe more like at the 106. It's like I know, I think Paul. If Paul's in the chat, um, Paul has done like CD at the 106 or 107, something like that. Like Debo at the 106, 107, and you start to create kind of some unique pairings with those guys. So I will do. I will definitely be doing some stuff like that. Uh, Shane asked, Draft IQ is going to be abo- available for all sports eventually. Correct? Yes. A hundred percent. We're already working to get, um, NBA up. So we're working to get NBA running. It will also work for when we get to the season. And if you, if you do the, uh, weekly, and I think they're going to, I can't give away that. I think there's going to be more in season contests on underdog and, and the other sites as well. And it will work for those as well. So if you're kind of like a DFS optimizer, Right, if I'm drafting for the Sunday big slate battle royale on Underdog, Draft IQ will track that as well. So you would be able to, you know, we'll, we'll work in some some filters and stuff up here, but there will be like a you know week one or something like that uh, to to the tournament, and and you'll also be able to see like your you you hop over to this exposure and see the stacks that you have, and see you know uh, the exposure that you have when in season comes, and then as well what Shane asked there will be for NBA golf, hockey, everything MLB next year, all that stuff will be here in draft IQ. Obviously with different, we want to week 15 stacks for baseball or whatever, but there will be different metrics for each sport from within, uh, from within draft IQ. And like I said, it will also, uh, be available for in season contests fairly quickly. We just got to get through this, uh, <laughs> get through this, um, NFL offseason. So uh, I'll hit a couple other questions and then uh, yeah, this is funny. The uh, game exposure isn't enough. 40% or whatever in BBM. I will die on the Saquon Hill. You and me both. Uh, Tyler. Trey Sermon sucks. Is that uh, Hayden? That must be Hayden. Trey Sermon sucks. Uh, no Dalvin and Adams and 21% Barkley um yes that is correct that's what i have and again not really intentionally i think i might have actually taken Dalvin um recently and we'll see the uh let's let's just let's click over to the DraftKings and look at so you can get a glimpse into kind of the high level exposure and then we can dive into like a lot of the player combinations because it will ring true a little bit more when you see the general overall exposure right and then see the player combinations um <laughs> gotta be an evan silva burner that is that is funny um i think i kind of sorry i missed this ff doom i think um I, I largely answered this question but are you planning on doing dfs line of building tools not dfs so um uh, spike week i work for um a company called better collective which owns like roto grinders and a bunch of other um they own action network they own a bunch of other um websites within you know the sports betting dfs etc landscape spike week is our best ball medium and so that's where we will kind of live in this best ball but also like i said the the battle royales, the snake drafts, the all that all that kind of stuff that kind of isn't covered in a typical dfs and definitely isn't covered in a sports betting landscape, kind of the drafting and, you know, that whole space. We're still figuring out a, l- a little bit of that, but Spike Week is our platform for all of that. So we'll be focusing on the tools as it relates to that. We do have dfs tools um at roto grinders if you have sport if you want sports betting tools or sports betting picks or all that different stuff we have that at, at different um and i'd be happy to um chat with you and recommend some different things if there's anything that you're looking for um and i do still do dfs work for rota grinders i will have i i believe we'll, we'll still be running back the sunday morning show myself and ben gretch do the final tournament show um at eleven thirty eastern every sunday morning on roto grinders heading into the DFS slate. So here's my DraftKings. Um, you see 117 teams. I don't think I've done, I think this is completely up to date. I don't think I've done anymore. Um, I've only drafted in the $5 milli. I've mentioned it before, but I'm actually going to try to close this out fairly quickly. I was actually kind of hoping to be done uh, with the $5 milli. Part of my strategy around the $5 Millie maker is I'm, I'm trying to basically get it done kind of before we get all the new information and before we get to training camp and like kind of like, you know, uh, uh, that's my, like I'm going to blow on the dice and roll them when the camp hits. And like, please God, let me run good on like some injury and some, some guys who are going the Julio Jones. I mean, I wasn't drafting Julio, so already over one, but like let me run good on some of the guys who are just massive values and create some super teams because that tournament is so fucking big <laughs> a million people and the, the final is a thousand people that i'm really and i'm it's only 750 dollars right to max enter and so i'm tr- i'm just kind of trying to get that one done and like kind of hope to run good if i lose in that tournament it's okay bbm is a little bit more where i'm being a little bit more cautious because i mean five five or one bbm team is five in this in this tournament right so um that's just how I'm approaching it. I know some other people are approaching it the other way. The thing I'm doing with DraftKings is that I'm trying to max this like crazy big one where I'm just hoping to run hot as the sun. And then I, I'm still going to draft late on DraftKings. I, I actually kind of want to do this weird transition from this $5 milli probably into um, BBM where I'm going to dra- probably get back into the BBM am already back into the BBM streets but get back into the BBM streets a little earlier than I thought I could and maybe wrap up BBM a little bit earlier than I thought so that I can spend those last couple of weeks or whatever that are my final drafting days in DraftKings all these other tournaments single entries $555 tournament um what the twenty dollar, twenty five dollar, whichever one's open at that time? Diving into those because the drafts are so soft on DraftKings. So that's my general plan of attack as it as it as it stands uh, right now. Funny, funny you should ask, Carlos. Just so happens to be someone I went to high school with. Good old. Uh, he'll uh, he'll. Uh, this is his his uh, username. He's right here. Uh, Tony, Anthony, Felix, Hector, Castro, is that right? Did I miss one of the names? Just in case I, uh, some guy. Was that the, is, that, is that the full name? Correct me correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm, if I'm missing. We actually played on the same high school football team, even. We're the same age, went to the same, went to Muscuda High School. So about 10,000 people in this town and uh my dad was one of our football coaches and uh tony tony played uh offensive and defensive line um with me wrong order what is it felix anthony hector 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 anthony felix i can't remember it's been it's been it's been 20 years my man (laughs) we're getting we're getting old and you have a little more money in the bank than i do um I knew it. Hector Felix Anthony. Okay. There we go. He won. The dogs are excited for you, Tony. Um, uh, okay, so DraftKings. Here's we'll we'll run through really quickly some uh some uh tie level analysis again of the DraftKings thing, and then we'll get into these player combinations that uh, uh we said we were gonna do 117 teams in the five dollar mill. You guys heard kind of my general approach to how I'm driving <laughs> shit I don't know if I I don't know if I'm the second best I'm the only I, I, I'm the one that uh, uh first started a YouTube channel <laughs> from my high school that doesn't mean that I'm the best or even the second best there's probably other there's probably other guys uh obviously uh, Tony is better than me there's probably other people better than me I just so happened to start the YouTube channel first <laughs> and the website Oh shit, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. That was really good. Okay. Um, let's see here. So a little bit different story, but not too different on DraftKings at the top. Uh, see it's funny. You see, like, oh, look at that dig. You're like, oh, look at that digs exposure. I mean, on DraftKings I have 17% because I do get to take him, uh, I do get to take him a little bit more. Here, twenty percent Travis Kelsey, seventeen percent digs. Oh, look, eight percent Devontae. And so you, you see, when you just kind of let it flow, let, let 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 it happen, as uh, Liam Chesley and Liam Murphy would say, like you know, the, just let the vibes, let the vibes take care of the draft for you. Right? It's all gonna work itself out. I draft Devontae when he makes the most sense, and it just so happens through fifty-two teams on underdog, he hasn't made the most sense, but I'm right at the field. Uh, On underdog, it you know, I have zero. On, I'm right at the field on DraftKings. And I have a bunch of digs here, you know, double the field of digs here on DraftKings. And frankly, I'm like, as you see, you can see I'm taking this again, this like wide receiver slash Travis Kelsey stance on DraftKings, which full PPR scoring with the yardage bonuses, I'm taking... I'm not drafting much Jonathan Taylor. I actually don't take Jonathan Taylor to 101. I take Christian McCaffrey 101. So you can see about the extent to which I've gotten the 101. And I'm I may even take I may have even taken Cooper Cup 101 at times on DraftKings. And so um this is this is yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this is the GA says digs has like a 1280p on draft. I mean, that's the point, right? Is uh 10.58 here. We need to, we need to. Uh, hacker if you're watching we gotta get this to uh, just one decimal but um that's also like kind of the point i get more dig he, digs adp is eight on underdog. so if you have the top five and then if you have travis kelsey higher than stefan Diggs, there's really only two spots <laughs> unless he falls that i'm gonna get stefan Diggs, and so it's just natural that i have less when he has a higher adp versus here even though i have him ranked like at his adp on the other site it's just i you have to get that pick to get to get him. You know what I mean? You have to get that pick. And, you know, you have to have the eighth pick. And uh, God forbid Jamar Chase falls. Like, I'm gonna take Jamar Chase, right? So, um, yeah, great point. If you have more JT than CMC on DK, your brain is broken. I won't I wanna uh my brain is definitely broken generally speaking. Um, but I do, I I do um and that's one thing you'll see, like with the rankings, you see that Jonathan Taylor is is uh, still here. I am going to move him, by the way. Oh shit, I am going to move uh, CMC to one hundred one. I think JT is actually going to move down to to uh, one hundred five. But but up until recently, it was kind of a situation of I want to put JT kind of right up there. Everything is ADP adjusted for me in the rankings, so that creates a little bit of of difficulty because. You don't want to have the rankings solely. I mean, I'm already pushing. You see, Saquon is ten picks ahead of ADP. Uh you know, Gabe, wherever we get to Gabe down here is uh <laughs> eleven picks ahead of ADP and was twenty-five picks ahead of ADP before he rose. Um, I'm trying to adjust, do a little bit of, of uh ADP adjustment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna put him at one oh five. I'm gonna put him at one oh five. So um you kind of see how the uh, the again you see a little bit more Saquon. I have I'm not backing off of Saquon. I still take him when when he makes sense. But as you see here, uh, my average ADP is 21. His ADP now was 19. So I was taking him more at the two three turn and in the third round. I mix him in a little bit still now, but I don't take um I don't take a lot as you see. I have zero Eckler. Eckler is my 11th. Overall player, and he goes, you know, average ADP is six. So I don't get Eckler bout at the field with CD. I'm over on Debo, which, again, makes sense. Debo is my 13th overall player. His ADP is 18. So naturally, I'm going to be overweight. Same thing with Javante. Javante is my 14th overall player. His ADP is 26. So I, I'm overweight him. Derrick Henry, shocker. I have zero. He's my 15th overall player. His ADP is seven. So I don't have any that, <laughs> you know, that's just how it goes. I did draft Joe Mixon one time and I took him at pick 17 um, and I have him ranked 16. I don't really like Joe Mixon. Um, I don't really like, I actually, you know, uh, interestingly forced myself to take Dalvin one or two times. Um, that's where you start to see some of the, you know, experimenting, but you guys see here kind of generally my, my DK approach is clearly very wide receiver heavy. All the wide receivers are, are uh, pretty much, at least, even like Tyree kill one that I don't totally love just by the sheer fact that he's a wide receiver. He, he is like above ADP and I get at least some of him. I prefer AJ Brown, T Higgins at their cost. I've not taken Mark Andrews. Um, let's see. I was taking James Connor as kind of an anchor running back, trying to see, you see this big, this big group of running backs here. Um, I do take some Swift. So I have Swift down here. Um, he's another guy that's moving up in the ranks, but I have Swift down here, but he's also a guy that um, oddly enough, I want to get my exposure to on PPR sites and has been, um, I think Gretsch talked about it last time we did the last best ball bros episode. Gretch said it uh, perfectly. That was like, I want to battle test my rankings. And Deandre Swift was one of those guys that like when you get under the gu- like you test your rankings and how you tweak them is by drafting. And DeAndre Swift is one of the guys just like JT moving to one Oh five for me is one of the things that you learn from drafting. And um, so I've been testing, I've been kind of battle testing that and I still take some DeAndre Swift. I think Kyle Pitts is going to move up even more (laughs) from 29th overall, as you can see the fact that I have 26% of him. Hollywood is obviously one of my guys. Uh, Hopefully his ankle is okay. But anyway, you kind of see my general approach, right? Obviously, I'm wide receiver heavy. Let me just sort really quick by exposure so you can kind of see then since I am wide receiver heavy, what does that mean for my overall exposure? Well, obviously you see a bunch of Trey Lance, uh, a bunch of Hollywood, Gabe, Zay Jones, Kyler Murray, Darnell Mooney, MBS, Justin Fields. But then look at the running backs who are who I'm way overweight on. Right. It's all the guys that would fit into those structures. Last round, Dearness Johnson. Last round, Chris, Chris Evans, Kenneth Gainwell. Tyrion Davis price Saquon as an anchor um, Miles Sanders in the eighth round Tony Pollard Isaiah Spiller um, I should have typed in I'm, I'm a dummy something you can do you can type if you, so you see here it says filter by here you can type in the name obviously type in position you can type in the team and it will filter by those um Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard Isaiah spiller, Melvin Gordon, right. <laughs> Other than Saquon, there's no running back until you get to Swift. That's even in like the top eight rounds or whatever. So, um, sorry, got a, a Discord notification. The people, it's been a it's been a wild day in the NFL news channel in uh, the Discord. Let's do some player combinations now. You kind of see. Uh, oh, nice. Paul said, Did not there's a new $4.20 max on DK? That's that's awesome. Surprised how much less CD you have on DK considering the format. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily intentional, really. I think it's just kind of happened. Um, I want to be over like obviously, I want to be overweight. Here, let me punch in the wide receivers. God, not both wide receiver. Um, I want to be overweight. Generally speaking, like most of the wide receivers, I think it's just how it has fallen to me. You see, twenty-one percent Debo, um, and Jeff, Jeff, right Jefferson, Debo, Hollywood. It just has kind of fallen in such a way. Diggs here at seventeen percent. See, Diggs is like one of my top ten or whatever, fifteen highest stone wide receivers on DraftKings. Um, it just has kind of fallen that way. That i don't have a ton of cd it's not really intentional but again to the point of this show that's something i know now that i can think about and rectify and try to figure out let's look at uh, we'll use we'll use DraftKings for right now just because i have a more teams to kind of uh, dive into what's what's one player combination there's there's some people that replied to the tweet which i'll pull up as well but what's one player combination you kind of think you would like like to see and like investigate what two combinations of players from within my portfolio that you think um would be interesting to start to to dive into and while while you do that i'm going to uh pull up some of the replies to this tweet um Huh, here's funny F- funnily enough a good one from david that has let's do let's do this one uh, david webb on twitter asked about debo Which is a good one because i have a good clip of debo but that that uh interesting start that uh, a lot of the uh week 17 bros may get into with Debo and Devontae Adams. So I've 5, so hold on. I should have prefaced it. I have 25 Debo teams out of 117 and then 5 of those have Devontae Adams. So that's probably about some I'm on I'm tracking on a, on an okay pace, but then this see this is where things start to get really interesting that I'm trying to learn from and not necessarily like I don't have the perfect answer, honestly yet, but the thing I'm trying to learn the most from with the player combinations is how do I want to move forward? Once I punch in the player combination, th- when I then see what my exposure is like alongside those two players, because as you see here, it's one thing to see, okay, I have 25 Debo teams, which is about, which is about what I want. I think I'm cool with that. And then five of those have Devante. As we know, I'm week 17 kind of focused. I'm, I'm that, that feels about right. I don't have a, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a model that says how much you should do that. But for me personally, with kind of a uh, intuition says, I I feel pretty good about that five number. However, Then, as Ga says, it's look, look who's with them. That's where the problem starts to become, and not necessarily a problem, but that's where things become the most interesting, right? So, even if you say, okay, my Debo exposure is fine in a silo, in a vacuum, and then my Devontae exposure is fine, and then even together, I'm happy with the exposure I have between the two of them, right? I got five. You know, I got 33 teams left to draft, so maybe I get one more Debo and Devontae team or something. So I got six of 150 Debo and Devontae teams. But out of that 150, out of that six, look, at four of them are Kyler Hollywood stack. Do I want that? Do I want, like, so I've now covered my Debo and Devontae teams to where I feel good. Like, I feel good about that. I feel good about my Debo exposure. I feel good about my Devonte exposure. I feel good about my combination of those two together. However, even worse, that Arizona, I'm, I personally am like kind of okay. Like, if I get one more. And four of my six teams are Kyler and Hollywood stacks. I, I, I actually personally am okay with that because I'm taking a really hard stance on um, Arizona stacks. However, then you start to move down a little bit. And you say, I mean, some people are taking a hard stand on DK Metcalf. I'm not. I'm not taking a hard stand on DK Metcalf. So why do all of my Debo and Devante teams have DK Metcalf? That's something you store away, right? Or maybe you take notes. And you say, next time I draft Debo and Devontae, don't fucking take DK Metcalf, <laughs> you know? Because I'm not trying to take a hard stand on Debo, Devontae, and, and DK teams. I'm just trying to get my Debo and Devontae teams. And I have just so happened to stumble into 60% of them having DK Metcalf on them. Right? The rest of this makes some sense. Tyrion Davis Price is a guy I'm taking a stand on. Jerry Judy... Miles Sanders, MBS, Jamison Williams. It's kind of odd, an odd one to have on 40%, but, you know, it's only two teams. Tyler Algier is kind of an odd one. I kind of don't, don't want to take Tyler Algier on any more Debo and Devontae teams because he's not a guy I'm super excited for. James White, probably not a guy I want to take on any more of these teams, right? But you just start to see Dawson Knox, not a guy I'm taking a stand on, so maybe don't take him as well on any of these. And you just start to... Like if if I could do it all perfectly, I'd go through basically every combination, not necessarily every combination of players that's possible. That would be way too much, spend way too much time on this hobby, but go through all the combinations that like I care about down to a relative level like this one. Like I actually don't care that much about Devontae Adams, but I care about this combination. And so there's probably you know, there's probably a lot, but you know a hundred or whatever player combinations. And then you dig into all of those, and you start to look at what do my Debo plus X player teams look like. <clears throat> and when you start to get into the nuts and bolts, you're like, why the hell uh, do f- f- you know sixty f- percent of these teams have DK Metcalf? When hold on. Because we can look really fast. If we just look at DK Metcalf teams, I have eight. I have eight total DK Metcalf teams. I'm I'm slightly underweight DK Metcalf, and yet he's paired with sixty percent of my Debo and Devontae teams. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. But it's just so it. These random things happen, like you'll find that every single time you start to look at the player combinations, you will find like, holy shit, that's not something I ever would have thought. I only have eight dK Metcalf teams, three of them are Devonte Debo. Is that what I want? Just looking at the d k teams, not even another player combination. I have eight Metcalf teams, and five of them have Justin Fields. Why? <laughs> I mean, look at this. Even uh, four, was it four or three? Three of the, this is even crazier actually. Three of my five Debo Devontae teams have DK Metcalf. Even worse, five of my eight DK teams have Debo. So I just have like all these, like all Debo. Or, excuse me, DK Metcalf and Debo are naturally correlated, and I don't. I don't even. I'm not even trying to draft a bunch of DK Metcalf. I'm underweight, and he's he's. But he's like anchored to my Debo team. You know, it's interesting. This is definitely true. The Nick says you'll find a lot of these where you're like, you start to get down this rabbit hole, where why? Do, perfect point. Nick says forty percent algae are just a product of the eighty percent Arizona stacks. That's hundred percent what happened. I have eighty percent. The correlations start the, the 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 amount of correlations you have from within the player combinations start to add up the other way. As you said, let me punch it back in. Um, what did we say? Devontae and Debo. Oh, as you said, you scroll down just a little bit, and I have 40% of Tyler Algier. And you're like, why the fuck do you have like I don't I have hardly any Tyler Algier? I'm really not drafting him. Why do you have 40% Tyler Algier? On your Devontae Debo teams. Oh, as Nick says, well, 80% of them have Hollywood and Kyler Murray. And so those two teams play in week 17. And if you're a week 17 bro, like me, Tyler Algier, you get to that tier and he's not without the correlation. Tyler Algier doesn't is just another guy in that tier that I that probably is at the bottom of that tier for me. But when you get into that tier and you have Kyler and Hollywood with no Falcons yet at that point. Now we talked through this in discord as well. The, the boost of the correlation moves him up ahead of other guys. And so now Algier gets on some of these teams that he wouldn't have gotten on if Kyler and Hollywood weren't there, but there's no reason that any of this should happen with, there's no reason they should be with Devontae and Debo. It's just through sheer randomness. The draft played out that way. Right. See now the, the I I love doing these shows. I love looking at this. But it triggers me because you learn something flawed about your portfolio every single time you look at this. Every every single time. Updog says you might have to reach a different ADP range to get away from Metcalf or whoever exactly. And that's the thing about ADP. You it's a it's a construct that we can't take our brains away from. So we, it just happens. You just fall into, oh, well, DK's here at this ADP. He's the best player left on the board for me. So you just take him. And the next thing you know, you have him with all the same other players. Excuse me. And that's not your intent. Let's look at, let's look at, um trying to think here. Let's do, let's do, since Gabe is, you know, a highest owned player or, or give or take let's look at Gabe. Here's here's a fun one. So week 17 is a big deal. We've talked about it too much already this off season. And, uh, and, uh, Gabe is a guy I'm taking a stand on another guy who I'm, I'm going to almost assuredly be overweight on drafting is T Higgins. Ironically enough, I would be overweight. Both of those guys, regardless, but they also happen to play each other. So they're naturally going to fall together on teams, but they're also a little bit of a tiebreaker, right? Of When I get to the Gabe spot and I have T. Higgins, Gabe gets priority over whoever, Allen Robinson. So then I, 9% of my teams, as you see here, 11, 11 of my 117 teams have Gabe Davis and T. Higgins on them. Now let's look at the rest. This this is when you start to see like okay this is probably one of your really heavy exposure combinations and I'm fine with that I think it's also probably a bit chalky but I'm fine with this um, combination I will show I, w- I will I'll do him next I'll do him next Isaiah McKenzie um, I've been actively drafting the shit out of him and I can't get him on underdog anymore. I did two I did 2 BBMs today and I couldn't I'm I'm like putting him in the queue very early so I'm cognizant of him. I'm trying to take him in like the 15th 16th round and I can't get McKenzie anymore on uh, on underdog. I think I'm just going to have to live with where I'm at which I'm not happy with where I'm at. I don't remember what what it was. I can pull it up in a minute. So, Gabe Davis and T Higgins are both through intent and through Just kind of randomness going to be a combination that I have a bunch of, right? And so, fuck off, Paul. Take the victory lapping to the news channel with all the rest of the victory lappers in the Discord, please. I can't get him in the 15th, and you're getting him in the 17th still. It's so triggering. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Gabe and T, right? before we look at the the players yeah paul was it bbm uh before we look at the players let's look at some of the other areas uh of exposure right so one you would naturally expect that the zero rb percentage is probably pretty high on a <laughs> a, a, a gabe t start cuz that's two of your top four picks that are or five um i did get gabe in the fifth just recently on on drafting. So maybe the, we're getting the casuals in, we're about We're to start getting fifth round. Gabe Davis again, let us pray. So naturally your teams are going to be a little more zero RB. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting that, uh, elite tight end and late. I, I'm definitely, I, I'm natural. I'm kind of excited to see this. Actually. I'm naturally kind of barbell. You want to talk about barbell. I'm naturally kind of barbelling the tight end position. Um, elite tight end, and then punting it off. Give me the Noah Fance, David Njoku's, Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett. Give me all those. Brevin Jordan, Daniel Bellinger. Give me all those fucking guys, right? I'm I'm kind of naturally taking that approach. So it has led me away from Dawson Knox. It has led me away from from Pat Fryermuth. I'm not fucking taking Zach Ertz. You know, it's led me away from all of Mike Kosicki, those guys. Um, And I don't have necessarily a problem with those guys, but that's kind of been my approach to the tight end position. So that makes sense here, right? You see, one thing you you obviously see is no robust running back because I'm not smashing running backs. I can't physically have a robust running back team if I take um, T in the second, third, and Gabe in the fourth, fifth. But you... I'm a little surprised at the elite quarterback only being three, but then you look over at the players and you see Justin Fields is actually my highest exposure quarterback with the Gabe T pairing and then Trey Lance. So it's a lot of fields Lance, right? Uh, I'm trying to see, I would guess Kyler is on this uh, list somewhere. Maybe not. I I guess I could type it. I thought I would one Kyler. So it, there's another interesting thing we could, well, we'll, we we'll, we're going to have this show every week. And so we'll be wrapping up here, here shortly, but there's a million different things we can talk about as we dive into these things, right? Kyler Murray. So we now have my highest exposure quarterback Kyler, right? We filtered down to three players, Gabe Davis, my highest exposure wide receiver, basically. T. Higgins, one of my highest exposure wide receivers. Kyler Murray, my highest exposure quarterback. When we filter down for all three of them, and honestly, even on the screen you see Kyle Pitts, my highest exposure tight end. When we filter down for that combination of players, I have one team out of 117 that has all three of them together. You're like, how is that? You have 40% Kyler Murray, 40% Gabe Davis, and 25% T Higgins, and you only have one team of all three of them. So when everybody talks about, this is the lesson to take away. When everybody talks about, that, this is the lesson I've taken away from this tool. When everybody talks about diversification and all of that, unless you look at these combinations and know all of these, you don't really know what's in your portfolio. If I told anyone that I had 40% of all... of two of these guys and 25% of these guys, A, people would tell me I was nuts for having 40% of anybody. But then if I told them, well, I have 40% Kyler, 40% Gabe Davis, and 25% T Higgins, but I don't have any of them together. (laughs) They'd be like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, yeah. Well, so should I stop drafting them? If I don't have that combination, is there any reason that my highest exposure quarterback and my highest exposure wide receiver are not all included together? They should be included together, but they they just haven't been. So I'm not going to just force diversification if I haven't actually gotten the combinations of the players that I want. Now, if you don't want that or don't care about that, then that's fine. But Kyler's my highest exposure quarterback. And yet Justin Fields is the guy who's on 50% of my Gabe and T teams and Khalil Herbert. Is on 55 he's my highest exposure player with Gabe and T Higgins he's on six out of 11 teams. why I don't know I didn't I didn't plan for that it's just it's just what happens you know what I mean it's crazy when you start to dig into this some of this other stuff makes sense obviously I do like Justin Fields I'm pretty I, I'm really not upset about the Kyler thing only a little triggered only a little. But when you see it, when you see it's because it's mostly Fields and Lance, I think that that's fine. Um, I certainly don't love the fact that despite, theoretically, you look at the stacks here, theoretically, having Gabe and T, having a Bill and a Bengal on the team would make your stacks be... A higher percentage of Bills and Bengals. <laughs> that's what should happen because you you start the team, two of your 20 players are from those teams, and yet 64% of the teams with those two players on it are actually Chicago fucking bears. <laughs> like what? Why? There, there's no reason that 64% of my game and T teams should have multiple Chicago Bears on them, but that's what happened. So Another thing, you rectify that moving forward, right? Those, you don't just rectify the raw player exposure of that player. You rectify what the teams of him look like or the, or the, you know, you start to go down this combination list. Um, Yeah. I mean, I like Khalil Herbert. Uh, let's look, uh, we can, let's look at Khalil Herbert teams. Now, now we're really getting into the best ball bro uh, mindset. 20, 20%. I have 20% Khalil Herbert on uh on draft uh rb1 for the bears great point by td vultures t and kyler are on opposite ends of the draft board i actually don't know if that's true but i trust you uh and so but that, that that's a point right i should i just because he goes five picks different i can figure out a way if kyler's a priority and t's a priority I want them to be on the same team. Like I want to have some of them on the same teams, right? That's how it should. It, it's really that simple. We make it more difficult in best ball than it has to be, but it's really that simple. You say, I want to take a stand on this player. Whatever the stand means to you is 15% or 75%. It doesn't really matter. I want to take a stand on this player and I want to take these players, are priorities, everybody, no one takes 8% of every player. Everyone has player stands that they take. They take different levels of stands, but everybody has player stands. So if you take some form of a player stand, wouldn't you want some of your high priority players to be paired together? Why would you want, why, Why? and I guess technically I am taking a stand on Khalil Herbert. I have 20%, which I actually didn't fucking know until we just pulled this up. But, wouldn't you want Kyle? I have 40% Kyler Murray. Wouldn't you want him to be on some of those Gabe and T teams? Not just one part of my entire strategy for this tournament is Kyler and the Cardinals and that game Pitts, London, whatever. And Gabe, <laughs> So Gabe Davis is a, is is literally a, a crux of my strategy, and Kyler is a crux of my strategy, and I don't have any. I I I would guarantee. I would almost guarantee. Um, damn it! What I wanted to do was uh, Gabriel Davis, Marches, six of those. Okay, that's a little. That's not. That's not. That's not bad. Do we have Kyler on? Do you think there's a Kyler team? Oh, baby! There's two, two of six: Kyler, Gabe, Jamar, Chase, but only one of eleven: Kyler, Gabe, T. Higgins. Isn't that crazy? What about? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Jake was asking about Isaiah McKenzie. Twenty-seven percent. I have, uh, I have twenty-seven percent. Isaiah McKenzie, really quick. Nick says, "Low Kyler, high Fields, Lance. High Fields slash Lance here makes sense to me. Re Gabe and uh, T combination. Likely in this build, you're either grabbing Burrow or Allen or punting off QB with Lance Fields. I totally agree, but it shouldn't. But it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't only take elite quarterbacks when they pair with your elite uh, early round wide receivers." right? Kyler is a priority to me. I don't have to only take Kyler when I don't get T. Higgins and Gabe Davis. I don't care if you take naked Kyler, if you have to stack him with Rondale, if you have to stack him with A.J. fucking Green. It doesn't matter if Kyler is a part of your whole plan for this draft. It's a flaw to skip him on teams with two of the players you love the most, two of your, two of your highest exposure players, because it's, it, it's not thinking high level and top down. It's just like, Oh, I got a bill and a Bengal. Can't take a Cardinals quarterback here. It's like, that's not, that's not how you should think about things because you don't have to have one of their quarterbacks just because you took them early. Right? Obviously I don't because I have fields and Lance on those teams, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't take Tyler in the sixth round, you know? (laughs) i do agree i do i do agree with this i don't have any aj green Uh, zero and i i plan for that to be zero across all sites and all tournaments but you get my point i know some people some people might want to take um so anyway 27 percent isaiah mckenzie i do think i'll be able to keep taking him a little bit here um i want him to be a stand in uh this tournament but uh uh, I don't think I'm – so I'm just going to have to suck it up and mostly make Isaiah McKenzie a DraftKings play, not a uh, not an underdog play, and that's okay. Um, what about uh, McKenzie with any of the uh, Bengals fellas? So that's – see, that's kind of funny. Don't have McKenzie with T. Interestingly enough, um, Elijah Moore is on both of the Isaiah McKenzie and T. Higgins teams. I can see Isaiah McKenzie and Jamar chase. Wow. That's kind of crazy. More McKenzie and chase teams than McKenzie and Higgins teams. Um, and they all have Saquon and MVS and Gabe. So I'm getting uh, a lot of Gabe and McKenzie teams together. Actually like that one. That's one, one of the last ones we can look at here. Uh, is I really like McKenzie. I really like Gabe period, but kind of a, a contingent based bet would be like if if digs if digs either takes a step back or gets hurt then you have Gabe and McKenzie just taking getting huge value boosts right and so drafting them together can make a lot of sense which you see i I've, I've done quite a bit 13 out of 117 teams have Gabe and Isaiah McKenzie it's kind of not the same thing, but similar to what I did last year, which spectacularly failed with the Titans with Darrington Evans and like another pass catcher for the Titans. Because if Derrick Henry goes down, they're not just going to run, you know. I mean, I guess they kind of technically did just run. But but if, if, if Darrington became the feature back, they weren't going to just going to load him up with 35 carries, right? They were going to like the, the thesis was, which didn't really come true was that they were going to throw it a little bit more, which means that's great for AJ Brown. Darrington as a pass catcher, maybe Ferkser or whatever. Same thing here. The bills are going to throw, the bills are going to throw and they're going to throw and they're going to throw. If Diggs either maybe takes a step back to where these other guys earn more targets or Diggs gets hurt, these two guys are fucking rocket ships. Right? Somebody's got to catch the ball. And so... um, And I'm actually... This looks pretty good. Uh, You clearly see... uh, Only 31% zero RB, 31% hero RB, 15% dual RB. So, still no robust, obviously. Thank God. Um, But, uh, Lance... Eno, Dearness, more Fields. Fields keeps showing up here. Let's look at Fields. 32% Justin Fields. You can see, this is funny. 32% Justin Fields. 50, 20 of those 38 teams, he's stacked with Darnell Mooney. Uh, let's. <clears throat> Nine of them he stacked with Cole Commit. Valus is on there. I think I see Fif- fifteen of those he stacked with Valus Jones. What about Pringle? I wonder if there's Pringle. Two, <laughs> two, with uh, with Byron, with Byron Pringle. There you kind of see what my my various. Out of my uh, uh, 38 Justin Fields teams, 34 of them. So four naked Fields teams and 34 stacked with, with, with another bear. Rob says, I think McKenzie, McKenzie should be called IMAX. I like that. I, I might. We're, we're, Rob, we might be stealing that from you, brother. Um, last thing. Last thing I wanted to look at really quickly before we get out of here is some of the week 17 stuff. Let's use the Gabe. Um, let's just use Gabe. because uh he's a polarizing guy, and I have obviously a lot of him, right? You see, I have 38%, 44 teams out of 117 uh, have Gabriel Davis. And then when you start to look, obviously, when you look at the week 17 stuff, obviously, this is the next other part of the player combination thing that matters. We just went into like just the specific player combinations that are on that team. But if week 17 is, uh, is, uh, on your, <laughs> sorry, you guys are killing me in the chat is uh, week 17 is, you know, on your radar as a part of your now, now what do my week 17 groupings look like with that player or that player combination? Right, and so I have 30, 30 of my uh, forty-four Gabe Davis teams have so thirty of them have a Bengal, at least a Bengal, right? So then, what does that what does that look like? Right, I click on it, and I say, well, <laughs> it's, it's mostly Chris Evans. <laughs> we, already, we obviously already talked about the eleven T Higgins teams. Uh, six of them are Hayden Hurst. Six are Jamar Chase. Five are Chris Evans and T Higgins on the other side. Three are Chris Evans and Hayden Hurst, which I particularly like that one. Three are naked Joe Burrow. <laughs> what, what the fuck? How the fuck did this team happen? Uh, McKenzie and Evans, right? So you start to see here a little bit of digs with with uh, with Gabe mixed in there, but you start to kind of see. Okay, here's what my, you know, so. That's the other thing. I can see here's what my week 17 teams look like from a macro perspective. And I say, oh, look, I got 68% uh, Bills Bengals. That works. That sounds good. But then you look in, you're like, well, 13 of them have are because of Chris Evans. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I like Chris Evans, but like, it's not like it's Jamar Chase that's making up that 68%. So it can be a little bit of fool's gold, right? That I, I say, oh, look, 68%, we're good you you're probably you see bangles and you're like oh that's jamar chase and t higgins and joe mixon and whatever and then you like i said you pull it up you're like no actually it's chris evans (laughs) or hayden hurst 19 19 of the 30 are because of chris evans and hayden hurst so it's really not that much jamar chase and t higgins um and then you kind of like move your way down the list for me this makes a lot of sense i have these next 3 games are my 3 highest exposure games Denver KC, Arizona Atlanta and Chicago Detroit. So I feel pretty pretty good about that. When you kind of scroll down a little bit is where you're like I mean these the Rams Chargers are two teams I like. Two of the best offenses in the NFL and I don't with within my 40% Gabe Davis, I really don't have much Rams Chargers. Right, and it's Daryl Henderson and Mike Williams, Spiller and Cup. That's not bad, two of them. Right, but like Isaiah Spiller and Tyler Higby, does that even count <laughs> as a as a you know a Chargers uh, Ram stack? Kind of, I guess, but not really. So that's the fun with uh, with this tool. We'll wrap it up now. We'll be back. Next Wednesday, where we can start to dig in some, some more of uh, the player combinations, start to kind of dig in as player news, as, as uh, camp news and everything comes out. We will dig into a whole lot more. I'm excited about this show. Hopefully, you guys um, got a little something, something from this. Episode one, will continue to make it better. But um, I think it was pretty fun. I learned a lot. You guys got to just like watch me learn about my own teams, which is like both, um, both good and uh, triggering for me because I'm watching uh, some of the mistakes I've made come up on the screen in real time and I, <laughs> I hadn't planned for them. But uh, next week, we'll be back again, moving forward up until the NFL season. And, and maybe during the season, we'll do the same thing. Um, still figuring still figuring that out. Tomorrow, I'll be back with a strategy show, best ball theory show, same time as always, same time as today, 5 p.m. Eastern, where uh, last week we didn't get to finish our fantasy football landscape conversation because uh, there was way too much to talk about. We got into some of these uh, uh, draft IQ uh, conversations, actually. But uh, tomorrow, 5 p.m., we're going to have part two of how to draft within the 2022 landscape. We talked about the top five. We've talked about, you know, the running back landscape. we talked about a bunch of different things. We're going to dive into kind of the finishing conversation for that subject. And then we'll be back drafting on Friday with uh, Draft Club. So thank you guys for hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode of Draft IQ Show. I certainly did. And uh, I will see you guys tomorrow.